Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Cool. Here we go. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Mint. I'm not even getting that right. <laughs> Too bad. Edit, edit. Oh, I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm, sometimes leaving that stuff seems good because people can yeah. just laugh at me and that's fine. <laughs> you like an authentic podcast. Yeah. Let's try again. Okay. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast. <laughs> I had PT Mentor on my mind because I'm, I'm trying to work yep. out an advert. I'm going to slide into the, the middle of the, the podcast at some point. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, Angela Oliver. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was a very unsmooth start. So let's try and make up for that as we go. Dude, life's, life's not smooth. No, that's it. And that's probably why leaving it in is a good thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So you're, you're based in Christchurch. You've always been in Christchurch? Uh, no, I have not always been ah, in Christchurch. Okay. I was born and raised on the west coast of the South Island ah. um, in a little town called Greymouth. Yes. And usually when I tell people that, I'm like, shh, don't tell anyone. And now <laughs> I said it on a podcast, so I'm yeah, screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I moved over here when I was 20. So yeah. I've been here for just over 20 years with a couple yeah, yeah. of little breaks. I went back home for a couple of years at one point. I went over to mm. Australia for a couple of years at one point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Christchurch is home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad yeah. part of the world. It's a beautiful no. city. It is. Uh, it's very, uh, it's, uh, she's wet right now. Yes. yes. Yeah, we're we're that... very flooded. Yeah, I mean, I think most of New Zealand is yeah. very wet at the moment. You know, yeah. the, uh, the gardens are sodden and slips are occurring. I do not have fame for that in my part of the world at the moment, do I? <laughs> Roads are being no. blocked. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a mess at the moment. Yeah, totally. Um, so you've been in Christchurch for about 20 years. Um, and, and and tell us a bit about your sort of journey into to what you do now. How did it start? What, what got you going? Oh, um, it's it's a long one, actually. So. Okay. So buckle in. All good. Um, <laughs> um, I was not, um, well, I was kind of sporty as a young person. I played mm. netball, you know, because I was mm. a girl. And that's the thing that girls do sure. is we play sure. netball. That's yeah. how we hang out with our friends is we play netball, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was pretty much the extent of it, though. That was it. Every now and then I tried running. And sometimes I liked it and most of the time I did not. Mm. Um, I was the kind of person uh, when I was younger that was more into getting in trouble and smoking in the bike sheds and <laughs> drinking illegally and all, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so at, at one point I, um, I had decided I was going to get back into martial arts that I'd done when I was a child and mm. I joined a Taekwondo club yeah. um, here in Christchurch. And that was very fun and I did it very like well I would say casually but it's like nothing about Taekwondo in New Zealand is ever casual actually to be fair um, and long story short with that I ended up um, after I graded for my black belt when I was 27 mm. um, I ended up opening my own club here in Christchurch okay and so I was a martial arts coach yeah. like magically a martial arts coach yeah. and um the the <clears throat> like there's a bit of a mindset shift that comes from that and kind of in the years leading to that I had um decided I was going to be like trialing for the New Zealand team and wanting to, you know, do those kinds of things. Mm. But obviously like my, my background and my kind of history as a young person did not lend itself well to being um, a you know, high performance athlete. Okay. Um, I 
discovered that I had the mindset for it, which was great. Mm. Um, and I, I never made it into the New Zealand team, although I did end up managing the team one year, okay. um, which was awesome fun. Mm. Um, but I guess over that time, I kind of developed a little bit more of a love for activity and moving my body and particular, you know, it was in martial arts is a very particular way of moving your body, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. um, and then eventually I, I found, um, CrossFit, which I thought was pretty cool mm. and it married well with martial mm. arts. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point, after about six months in there, I thought, oh, do you know what? I reckon I would like to coach this and okay. it would be great for like my martial arts business and CrossFit yeah. and that would go mm. so well together. So I did, um, some qualifications there, mm. decided it wasn't enough. <laughs> And then um, I took a six-month break from my office job to go and do a full-time PT course. Ah. And that was in 2013. So that yeah. was yeah. nearly yeah, 10 nine. years ago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nearly 10 years ago now. So yeah. um, I fell pregnant at the end of that course, which was a blessing because we had been trying a long time. There okay. was a, a real like fertility journey there. I hadn't mm. quite realized that I am a stress head. Mm-hmm. And that I thrive in a very stressful uh, environment, yeah, um, yeah. But, but but babies don't. So no, <laughs> no they really don't. Harder. So that was uh, that was a journey in and of itself. Um, yeah. So being a PT just kind of almost got put on hold for a bit. But what it did allow me was to um, run boot camps for my martial arts students and their parents, which was really cool because mm -hmm. so it brought that whole like family and community feel yeah. into my club. Yep. Um, a little bit more mm. and um, and then after my kids were a little bit older when I say a little bit old like when my second um, child had turned one um, <laughs> I found <laughs> yeah, it is so long yeah. um, I found um, a, an amazing company online called Girls Gone Strong yes and they were, about that. yes they were they were advertising at the time it was just an ad on Facebook that I saw about a free five-day course for coaching pre and postnatal women. And I was like, that sounds like a bit of me. Mm. I am one of those women. Mm. And, and that sounds awesome. So I did this yeah. free five-day course, which I loved. And it helped me with my own kind of mindset around training because um, in my 12, the, in the 12 months after my son was born, I graded to fourth done. Right. Yeah. Right. And that was a, that was a, very big learning curve mm. a very big learning curve um, okay. around the kind of training that you do when you've just had mm. a baby mm. um and yeah so it was it was great to um to actually get some proper education around that and right. feel like I could then serve that population yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that just kind of ended up being me after that was um for a, a very long time I everything I kind of did in regards to um advancing myself with PTing and exercise and stuff was kind of with a view to helping women mm. in that space. Um, I so I did my Girls Gone Strong course, and then I think the next thing I did was jump into um, uh, my official movement mentorship yeah. um, with John Polly, and yes. then I think immediately after that, <laughs> I was like the serial learner for a while. Yeah. Like um, I did um, Thea Baker's like. Uh, women's women's coaching mastership as yeah. well okay. and then um and then it wasn't long after that I think that COVID hit and I was intending mm. to take a bit of a break from learning and actually do yeah some stuff yeah. um so I then went into we went into lockdown and just mm. towards the end of the lockdown I was like do you know I do feel like I probably should offer be able to offer a bit of nutrition advice to my clients yeah 
Yeah. Um, like I was very lucky. We I did a very comprehensive PT course. Um, I studied with New Zealand Institute of Sport. Um, oh, yeah. Their course, their course is just fantastic. They have yeah. a really, um, a really in-depth nutrition segment to it. Okay. So um, I, if anybody is looking to study PT, mm -hmm. I highly recommend NZIS, especially in Christchurch. Right. The churches are so good. Mm -hmm. um, but I still like. I still didn't feel like I was qualified to be actually helping people with their nutrition. So I thought, oh, you know. I'll go to Precision Nutrition because they are, you know, they're recommended by Girls Gone Strong, who I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Um, and it will give me a bit of knowledge and I'll feel more comfortable in that space. And then lo and behold, by the time I had gone through my level one nutrition certification with them, my entire outlook on how I wanted to work had changed. Uh -huh. um, there's a big focus on coaching rather than just nutrition science. There's plenty of nutrition yes. science in there. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Like it's sure. all there. Everything you need is there. Yeah. But there is a massive slant mm -hmm. towards coaching the person, mm -hmm. um, being client-centered and working more along the lines of behavior change rather than just simply macros and calories and yeah. sports nutrition and that kind of stuff. And by the cool. time I was finished that level one, I, I almost didn't even want to be seeing people in the gym anymore. I just wanted to be doing that. Okay. It was it was intense. It was an intense feeling, mm, um, yeah. and yeah. So I've gone on from there to do my level two, um, cool. and I am um, doing like a bit of a beefed up version of that at the moment. I've got eight weeks left of um, a beefed up version of the precision nutrition health coach, like master coach certification, that then will lead me down the like health coaching, um, yeah. board certified health coach path. Great, yeah, fantastic. Yes. So that's kind of. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, what's the difference between the level one PN and the level two PN? How do they differentiate those two? Oh, okay. So the level one PN is um, there's a lot of nutrition science. Yeah. A lot of foundational stuff. Um, they they teach you their kind of found, foundational principles around that coaching and client centeredness mm, and, mm. and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's mo it is the science and the information for yeah. the most part. Okay. Um, and it goes into kind of the preferred process yeah. for helping people, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The level two, like the master coaches certification is, is all about the coaching. Uh, it is about mindset. It's about mm -hmm. psychology. It's about mm -hmm. behavior change. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's more along the lines of how to really help people make the changes that they need to make, like working with motivational interviewing and employing those oh. kind of strategies to help people get the best out of themselves yeah. um it's yeah. assuming that people have a scientific knowledge already mm. and mm. then teaching you how to take that and actually help people with it rather than just beat them over the head with a stick and tell yeah. them what to do because nobody yeah. really likes that and there's not a massive positive response to that in a human no no, so, no. Yeah. that's right <clears throat> yes that, that coaching approach is the way to do it isn't it it's in empowering the individual to Absolutely. To make, make the decisions for themselves and choose the, the pathway for themselves. Yeah. I had a client say to me when we, I just onboarded a new client a couple of weeks ago who said to me, I said, what's likely to get in your way here? Mm. You know, what do you think your biggest challenge is going to be? And she goes, you know, Angela, I just really don't like being told what to do. And I said, well, that's fabulous. <laughs> I don't plan to tell you what to do. Exactly. So this should go fine. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have any plans to tell you what to do. That's yeah. not my thing. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, I think that's, although it's that... difficult. Sometimes yeah. you catch yourself about to tell somebody what to do because it's in us, right? We're told yes. that we're the experts, yes. yes, but we're not. 
like you know we know some stuff but you yeah. know your clients the expert of their own body their own experience so exactly they're the expert yeah. of them yeah they yeah really it's so easy because you kind of get into that mode don't you as a pt is mm. do it this way you do it that way and then when it comes to some of the more subtle stuff it's like well what do you think you need to do you know and and changing mode as a as a coach and, and staying in that that coaching mode takes practice yeah it really yeah. does yeah um and it's very difficult for a client as well like if you've been seeing them as a pt and you have been saying you know we squat this way we do this this way this is the way we press something over our head mm. um and you design the workouts all the time and, and it's all just you 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 mm. when you finally do say to your client well how are you feeling today what do you feel like doing they're like mm. i don't know they don't have got no idea how yes. to make a decision for themselves or how to sense into their own body to know anything yep. because you've been doing all that work for them the yes. whole time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's not particularly empowering for a human to be able to no, go I mean, after themselves. You're absolutely right. It works in that environment as well. It's about giving them the, the power to choose what they think is appropriate. Of course, you know what their body needs because you've assessed them, but there's always that, well, what do they want? And then you yeah. try and sort of, you marry those things up. So you get Absolutely. the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, like we do, whenever I've got, like I, do, I still maintain a handful of PT clients and I really mm. love them. They're people that have been with me for like five years. Yeah. Um, we've got a great relationship, but when they walk in my door, the first thing they still do is tell me how they've slept, how they've eaten, what they've had to drink. Yeah. Are they stressed today? Are they yeah. feeling emotionally happy? Like mm. all mm. of these questions. And then we're like, okay, so that and that determines our intensity of things yes. Yes. um and I, I just love to give them a little bit of choice i've got a lady who loves to come in and always go for a walk like she has a 45 minute session mm. and for half of it we just go for a walk and have a chat brilliant brilliant and then we we come back to the gym and we lift some things and it's great but that's what she needs and that's what she likes so you yeah. know yeah yeah um making sure that that's all in there like mm, mm, mm. and without asking the right questions you wouldn't know that that's what she wants no. you, you'd just assume so um yeah, having that coaching approach is so important and powerful. You've got um, behavior change coach at Coach Ange. I like the uh, I like the name. <laughs> I like the title. You know, it's, it you. frames it. It frames it nicely. So you don't really call yourself Angela much, do you? It's, it's more no, like, Coach yeah. Ange. Coach yeah. Ange. I like it. Um, Casual. Um, because that's. I don't want people to think that I'm their trainer. Yeah. Um, or their person that tells them what to do. I like being mm. thought of as somebody's coach, somebody's helper. Mm. Somebody somebody referred to me once as their accountability partner, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, that made me feel very good. But I decided that I didn't want to be known as a personal trainer mm. or a nutrition coach professionally because what ended up happening was people just kept coming to me and telling me they wanted to lose 10 kilos. Yeah. And like, I'll be perfectly honest out there. I'm shit at that. Right. <laughs> like I am. I'm shit at that. Like, yeah. because because I just, I want so much more for people. Mm. Um, mm. And I found myself getting really caught up and kind of trying to anti-diet people. And, and, mm. and I just didn't want people coming to me just because they wanted to lose weight. Like yeah. when people come to me and they want to lose weight, I'm more than happy to help them lose weight. But it, you know, it's probably not going to happen in six to eight weeks. Yeah, It's yeah. not going to happen quickly. And I feel like when, for me, I felt like having nutrition coach or personal trainer attached to my professional identity mm. just told people that I was there to help them lose weight. That's what it felt like to me. And I, and I had yeah. to change it. And then yeah. I just, um, I'd been going through, I think, when did I change it up? I'd just done like a little, like a short course, little, little transition thing on mm. the psychology of behavior change. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to be a behavior change coach. That's, nice. that's what I'm going to be known as. Yeah. So I'm a behavior change coach with a specialty in fitness and nutrition. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But yeah, people come to me for mindset coaching and things like that as well. I run like a 12 week program on 
mindset skills. Okay. Awesome. Having a growth mindset, thinking on yeah. a continuum. Yeah. Um, emotional regulation tools that you can use that don't involve food. Right. Um, understanding your deeper why for things mm. and um, and mm. learning how to take action. Like, so those mm. are things that I cover in like a 12 week course of fantastic of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Cause you, you really need to start with that stuff. Don't you? With a lot of people, they mm. walk in and, and they think they want this physical change, but they're not mentally ready. Mm. Um, and so they need that, that, that reset upstairs before the downstairs is going to actually change. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do come in and they say, you know, I just want to be told what to eat and I just want to be told what to do. Yeah. Um, but in, in reality, like then they go away. If you do give them what to do, like some people thrive on being given a plan and that's fabulous. But um, like if they're not mentally in a position where they have a growth mindset, where they, where they really believe that they can change their behavior if they work mm -hmm. at it mm -hmm. or where they are so disconnected from their actions that all of a sudden a box of a box of women crackers got eaten and they have no idea how it happened that's just all of a sudden in their stomach yeah. like like that's a thing and and trainers and coaches out there can judge people as much as they want for inhaling a bag of chips but like it's a really normal thing to happen to people yeah. Yeah. um and they just and they honestly don't know and you can hear trainers out there like like bagging on their clients but well you know you know how you eat a bag of chips you don't just like sit there and put it in your mouth but in reality there's something's usually happened like two, three, four hours beforehand or even the mm. next day mm. that's led to like a binge eating episode or yeah. wanting to comfort eat or wanting to drink a bottle of wine or yeah. something like that that might not even be on their mind at the time that that food is going into their face. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I love being able to address with people that kind of stuff first, but I very much appreciate that that's not where a lot of people are at when they come in. So we quite often do start with some more tangible work yeah right. um eating well consistently sometimes um sometimes we talk about eating the right amounts of of you know protein and veggies and that kind of stuff mm, things that mm. feel really tangible mm. and then when people are like actually trust me because they don't know me when they first yeah. come in here yeah, they don't know who i am yeah. they're going to share their deepest darkest thoughts <laughs> with me when i'm a complete stranger yeah. it's not yeah. a safe place for them um no. so generally when they start feeling a little bit more comfortable then we can get into that harder work that work where they really kind right. of look inside themselves and go, ah, oh, that's why this thing happened. Yes. I love knowing why this thing happened. And then that empowers a person to be able mm. to stop and notice when a behavior is about to occur and go, actually, I'm noticing right now that I am feeling very overwhelmed, for example. Mm. And, and that is like presenting itself in the fact that I'm reaching for a muffin out of the baking container. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah. from there, you can make a conscious choice, right? You can say, yes, I'm going to eat the muffin. No, I'm not going to eat the muffin. And you can be at peace with that because you made a freaking conscious choice. Whereas yeah. when you didn't yeah. know, yeah. you had no idea. It just, it, you just ate it. Probably yeah. didn't even enjoy it, which is sad. Mm. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat something delicious. For God's sake, enjoy, enjoy that thing. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's, yeah. There's, this, there's this disconnect that people aren't necessarily aware of with themselves. Yeah, isn't there? And, yeah, um, and I guess it's our job to to raise that awareness and bring them the space and the time to go. Ah, oh, actually, you're right. I didn't realize that was going on. And when they see it, then they've taken that step forward. They're yeah. moving in the right direction. I like your approach, though. You know, doing some of the more tangible stuff first, rather than going headlong into the the difficult deep stuff. Because oh, yeah. that doesn't. It's work. frightening yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, that's yeah. frightening and it's hard. And you know, you get a lot of resistance to that that kind of work. Mm. Um, 
and I will say for anybody that wants to get into this that that kind of coaching and that kind of stuff you just need to be absolutely aware that it doesn't sell as well as 12-week abs yes that's yeah. that's the thing so from a business perspective unless yeah. you are really good at selling it <laughs> no I am not just going to put it out there unless yeah. you are great at, at marketing that kind of thing mm. um it mm. is going to be a harder sell to people mm. but um if you're looking for uh, a style of work that is just inherently rewarding mm. Mm. yeah so it's probably the packaging then isn't it the packaging and the marketing and in the way you yeah. put it out there because you that's what you really want to be doing but um as you say it's doesn't come in a real bright shiny box Mm-mm. with um rippling really ads doesn't. yeah it really doesn't yeah it doesn't. i think yeah. you know the world is changing a little bit these days those mm. pe- people are starting to look a little bit more inside themselves yeah. being locked down for months at a time yeah. does that to a person doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> totally. you've got no choice but to kind of look, look inside yourself a little well, bit it was, when you're it, stuck was, in the it, house. Was, it was good for some but not so good for others wasn't it you yeah, know some, some households just exploded and yeah and others thought oh this is an amazing time to connect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely it's um it's been a, a strange old couple of years and good stuff comes out of it and bad stuff comes yeah, out of it yeah, but but yeah. it's all like awareness isn't it and self-knowledge totally. which is totally yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so you're a bit of a runner. I see you talked earlier about running and um, I think you're training for an event, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Um, so it's taken a really long time for me to out loud call myself a runner. <laughs> okay. But to put it into perspective, I am built like a power lifter. Right. And I do love that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but there is, do you know, there is just something about running that gives me a sense of like mental and emotional freedom. Mm. Um, and also because I've never been good at it before. Um, like never, (laughs) but I was never good at it because I was doing it the wrong way. Right. Right. I just go out and run and then be like, Oh my God, why am I puffed? (laughs) It's a skill. It's a skill. Why why is it so hard? But my husband's an incredible runner. Like, you know, the kind of guy that runs three minute K's and shit like that. I know he's an asshole. Oh, (laughs) so hard to be married to him. So hard to be married to him because he's so like genetically and physically gifted. Right. Difficult. Um, whereas to put it into perspective, I am a runner that runs like at best kind of seven minute Ks. Okay. Over like a 5K kind of, oh, what do I do? Like my fastest 5K, I think recently was like six minutes 45. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you know? Yep. I was very proud of that. Good stuff. Um, so at the moment I'm training for a half, my first ever half marathon. Right. And training has been going so well. And I've just been loving it. I finally got, I ran for an hour and a half and then I ran for like an hour 50. Yeah. Like, cause realistically this thing's going to take me close to three hours. I need to be able to run for a really long time because I'm yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but then I got the flu. Ah, uh, yeah. Two, three weeks out. Oh, crikey. I know. So I'm just recovering from the flu now. Mm. Um, and my running has involved, uh, over the weekend I did two days in a row of walk, run, intervals mm. just to kind of mm. see if I could because mm. you know the flu is terrible yeah and it's you know you don't want to come back from something too fast and then ruin everything no, no. um and then as I said to you yesterday in the whole torrential I had took a rest day on Monday after my two days because that's yep. smart and then Tuesday I was like oh I can't do two rest days in a row <laughs> and I'm looking out my window out here at this yep. like the driveways flooding and the park's full of water and I was like far yep. out man I have to go out there and run yeah that's terrible. yeah so I went out there and like I said, I ran for 30 minutes and then just yep. went out and ran out of running. I had nothing Ooh. left. I was like, oh, I have to go home. It was terrible. <laughs> um, so I'm at the moment uh, mentally, mm. mentally um, reminding myself that I have done a lot of hard work yep. and that my peak week didn't happen. Mm. So I might not run 
my 21Ks next weekend as fast okay. as I might have liked. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I might be a bit slower than three hours. Yeah. But as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm very confident that I can run the distance. You'll do it. Cool. Yeah. I am cool. very confident that I can run the distance as long as I don't try to run too fast. Because yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I see a lot of... um. When I tell people that I, I run and they look at me, they're like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know. Sometimes they do. They're like, oh, you're so good. And I can see some like, it's a woman thing. And sometimes a really skinny dude thing. And they'll right. like give me a look and they'll be like, oh, you're a runner. You don't look like a runner. Like, yes. I, know. I know, but I am a runner. I can run. I've got legs. Yeah. Yeah. got yeah. legs, can run. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and they say, oh, you know, I only get like around the block and I'm already puffed. I was like, oh, wow. Well, do you know, you're just running too fast. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Oh, I can't run because it really hurts my knees. Like, oh, you're just like mm. you're just doing too much too soon. Mm. 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 Um, so I think that when I look back at my kind of journey to become a runner, um, it really is just the fact that I slowed myself down, and I started off uh. way easier than I thought that I was going to. Those Couch to Five K programs are fantastic because they yeah. always start everybody off on intervals. Yeah. Um, my husband, who I said is a phenomenal runner, was the mm. one who said to me, "Now, Angela, when it tells you to run easy, are you running easy or are you running comfortably hard?" And I'm like, "There's a difference." <laughs> holy shit this is so new to me right there's a difference there's all these definitions i know and so then i was like oh actually so then i i defined what running easy actually was and all of a sudden then i could run 10k yes yeah and and you know and and so on and so forth and it's it's been awesome and i'm I'm a mad fan of it now and now i am almost comfortable calling myself a runner out loud in public brilliant it still feels weird Good on you for, um, you know, sticking, you know, the, the flu is, a, you know, timing-wise terrible, but oh, yeah. um, a, a real interesting challenge. I remember reading a book on halves and falls, and um, it was really useful. Part of it was useful. It said, you know, have a plan A if you're after a time, have a plan B, and have a plan C, and you could keep yeah. going if you want to, so that on the day you're not horribly disappointed if you have to go to plan B or if you yeah. have to go to plan C. And I thought totally. that's really smart thinking because yeah. – I'm so competitive. I always want to do the best time, but you just don't know what's going to happen. No, that's right. That yeah. is so right. And that's where like um, the growth mindset mm. comes into things mm. is knowing that um, failure is not failure. It's just learning. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm quite realistic about the fact that next week I have, I've never run more than two hours before. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm probably going to be running close to three. Mm. So I'm very aware of the fact that that's going to be a real challenge on my body. I didn't get the opportunity to practice how much, with how much fuel I would need for that amount of time yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And so I know that going into that, um, the actual event is going to be a bit more trial and error than I would have wanted to. So mm. if I go into that with a fixed mindset of, oh, if it's over three hours, I'm going to be so devastated with myself then I'll probably not enjoy running anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. if I can go into that thinking, well, this is going to be a great event. It's a flat course. It's an easy course. It's three loops of seven Ks around a lake. It's going to be pretty. Okay. You nice. know, yeah. like, it, what's the worst that can happen? I'm just slow and I take ages. Oh, yeah. bummer. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be like sneaking some earbuds in and listening to music the whole time. Mm. Mm. And I'll be enjoying myself a lovely run around a lake. Nice. Is it? Is it local? It's down in Ashburton around oh, Lake okay. 
Not too far, yeah. Yeah, so not far. So we've got family yeah. down just a little bit further south from that. So we'll go yeah. and spend the night down there with my uh, mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, half an hour drive over to Ashburton in the cool. morning. Yeah. The race starts at 10 o'clock in the morning, <sighs> which is super civilised, right? How <laughs> civilised. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. How often do you get to do that? Not right? often. It's usually 6 or 7 a.m., isn't it? Yeah, like seven thirty starts, eight o'clock if you're lucky, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 really I'm excited about it, cool. um, and I just um, need to look after my body well enough to get me to the start line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there What's was a the... time where I would have given up with this ah, kind of okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. There was a time a long time ago. There's been a few um, hiccups that have come in over the last six months where I've noticed myself thinking about things in a really different way. Things that would have thrown me for a loop now are just like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this is terrible, but nobody died. No. Do you think that's um, the evolution of Ange or um, yeah. was it been more about the study that you've done and the th things that you've learned or, or is <laughs> oh, that a combination? A, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Leo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like I, I've done a lot of, um, the study that I've done with precision nutrition has been very much in, in around the, the growth mindset kind of way of thinking, thinking on a continuum rather than in black and white. Um, I read the Carol Dweck's book mindset yep. when my daughter started school mm. um, because the principal recommended it because she likes having, you know, a growth mindset. Uh, oh my God, the word I'm looking for is escaping me. She likes um. having that kind of feeling in the school. Right, yeah, like yeah, she, yeah. And she promotes that kind of environment. So I was sure. like, well, yeah. if she's going to do that in the school, then I'm going to read the book. And I read the book and I was like, oh, this explains a lot about me. <laughs> um, I, I remember whenever I would do a course or I'd do really well at something. Mm. When I was growing up, I was told a lot that I was very smart. Okay. You know, I would get like really good marks at school. Um, mm. I started reading very early and learning maths earlier than a few of the kids in my class. And mm. I got treated a little bit differently I got offered to go to some special school when I was in primary school up in Auckland or something it was it was a lot it was a lot I didn't go my mum did not make me go to this thing because I didn't want to leave my friends and it was perfectly okay. fine decision perfectly yeah. fine decision but I do remember that growing up I got told that I was smart a lot oh look at what a smart girl you are look mm. at how intelligent you must be you do mm. so well in your tests all mm. of your results are so good Blah, 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 blah. So that meant that whenever anything got hard, mm. my fixed mindset was like, clearly not smart anymore. Right. Mm. Too hard, won't do it. Mm. Obviously, I'm not smart enough anymore. Mm. Um, whereas a growth mindset goes, oh, this is hard. Wow. Okay. I haven't encountered something this difficult before. I'm going to have to put all of these smarts that I've got to good use and yeah. work a little bit harder. Yeah. So that's a growth mindset. Whereas yeah. the fixed mindset is like, oh no, clearly I'm not smart anymore because this thing is hard and I can't just do it easily. Mm -hmm. So like we um, as parents and as a coach as well, um, employ the, uh, the strategy of praising effort and process over yeah. outcomes and yeah. results. Yeah. So yeah. Well, for brilliant. clients, for clients that would look like um, I'm not going to congratulate a client for losing five kilos. I'm going to congratulate a client for eating six servings of vegetables a day. How freaking right. good. How did you make yeah. that happen? That must've been really hard. How did mm -hmm. you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, cause you were only eating two and now you're eating six. That's amazing. How did you do that? So yeah. we reward the yeah. process Yes. and we, we pay attention to the process. <clears throat> and with the kids, you know, my daughter won her cross country a few weeks ago, which I was absolutely oh. stunned by because she has never been interested in that kind of thing before. Okay. We were like, man, you must've practiced really hard. Mm. in your in your practices at school to be able to do that like well mm. done mm. um so just that that 
small difference of how we reward things for people um, can help another person change their mindset from being fixed yeah. to being more of yeah. a growth mindset as yeah. well. Yeah, I like that. It's so powerful. And we get so hung up on results, don't we? We get so um, driven by the obvious success. And I was just listening to Rich Roll's podcast. He was talking to Malcolm Gladwell. And, oh, and cool. Just fascinating stuff. But, you know, Malcolm's one of those guys who always looks at the stuff no one else has looked at. Yeah. And his, his theory on cross country at school age, you know, we shouldn't be imposing this adult mindset onto kids. And yeah. he says the top 20 runners of every, you know, in every school or whoever's competing should all be accumulating the same number of points. So the fastest runner and the 20th runner achieve yeah. the same number of points. So it's not about <laughs> and the first yeah. and the second and the third. Hmm. It's about being as important at 20 as you are at one. And there the school accumulates whatever points, you know, wherever they come in, in, in the, the overall competition. That's awesome. So it's not about winning. It's more about participation so that they don't get to 12 or 13 and go, I'm over this, I'm out, because they don't yeah. feel like they've achieved anything. And yet yeah. um, when they when they calculated for age, um, you know, when you've got those one kid sort of six months, eight months ahead of other, they had a, an even example of a swimmer where um, the girl was never going to be first. She was never going to be second. She was never going to be third, but she was, you know, a close fourth or whatever. But then they age adjusted the, the lineup. She was faster than anyone else in the competition. That's because, interesting, hey. Because she had that slight disadvantage of a few months at a certain yep. age can make a massive difference. Yeah. But if and if they were able to go to her and go, hey, you know, you actually beat everybody. Okay, the clock's different, but you know, stick at it because in five years you're in, you know, you're in contention for an Olympic medal, which of course is a whole other thing. Oh, but absolutely. It's yeah. that journey to the point where the level, the playing field is level. Yeah, um, yeah. There's and, that, and, that point when they're little kids, hey, like there's, yeah. there's a lot of talk about how just giving somebody a certificate for participation mm, is, mm, is a bit, a bit mm. like it doesn't drive people well enough and that kind of stuff. But when you're young, like really, really young, there are so many of those other factors to take into consideration. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Definitely. you know, like I, I feel like to a certain age, that kind of stuff is really good. And yes, yeah. we, you know, we talk about how great it is when you come first at something because you've worked really hard to get there. Um, you know, yeah. you had to yeah. try really hard. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's just going to come down to a, like individual handling of things as well, isn't it? Like if you, yeah. especially if you've got parents or teachers or coaches that are praising somebody just for, look at you, you came first, mm. rather mm. than, oh my gosh, how did your training pay off? Mm. How good, mm. like, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the process, not the the outcome, like you say. Yeah. And if we take that approach with our clients, I think it will go a long way. Really. Yeah, way. I I yeah. hope so. Like, mm. I mean, when I think about being in the behavior change business, mm. like this is I'm still pretty new in here. Like, it's only been maybe a year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and when when you're like juggling family and, and things like that, it's kind of slow going. So, yeah. you know, I'm still feeling my way with it. But the more client centered that I am. And the more compassionate that I am to my clients, like no beating them over a head with a stick, yep. like in teaching yep. them how to be compassionate with themselves and learn mm. to empower their own journey, mm. um, the better that their outcomes end up being. And even if they don't get 100% of what they want, like they might have wanted to lose 10 kilos and maybe they lose seven and then they get a bit stuck and they have to, most of them have learned something so amazing about themselves that that's not even a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the next the next level will will come because the processes are in place. It's just that yeah. patience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 
Fantastic. I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know it could go Rank. on and on. Hey? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Carol Dweck and you know, all these different people that have um, put some really good stuff out there. I've done the... some great work. Um, yeah. I really do recommend for, for people, there's a book called Motivational Interviewing in Nutrition and Fitness. Um, and I absolutely like hundred percent recommend that for any trainer or coach anywhere around the place. Um, I'll scribble that down. Yeah, yeah do um, it's um so motivational interviewing is obviously yeah. a great a great thing for being yeah. more kind of client centered and making yeah. sure that you're you're driving your your coaching in accordance mm. with what's best for your clients' values. Yeah. Um, but that particular book is really centered around nutrition and fitness so sure, um sure. i i think it's a great one for trainers to to hit up okay, thanks do you know who the author is for the life of me i do not that's okay I'll i don't know it. why i don't know that's all i've right. got oh, oh hang on it's it's in my bookshelf oh okay. that's over there hang on a second You're plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> dawn clifford and laura curtis ah. motivational interviewing and nutrition and fitness there we go I, will, I knew I moved um, a bookshelf out here for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. I will, I'll add that to the show notes so that yeah. um, people can just click on it and uh, go and have a look, see if they want to get that. Yeah, it's um, really good. And I'll put some of your stuff in there as well. So if you flip me through some details, then um, I can put those in the notes so people can Absolutely. find you if they're looking for you. Cool. I usually finish with some tips. I usually, yeah, uh, and, and I think, you know, you've scattered a few already through here. So it's, <laughs> it's not like, um, it's not like we haven't heard some really juicy, um, great uh, advice here, but any others that have worked or stood the test of time for you, Ange, and, and, and you go like that stuff, or, you know, keep doing that stuff or, or don't do this stuff. Yeah, um, I think from a, like, getting into business the thing that's really kind of held me back has been like deciding what to prioritize um and one thing that um a guy called jonathan goodman says he runs a yeah, company yeah. called the personal trainer development center you'll be I familiar know. with him. I know him um if you are a trainer that does not follow jonathan goodman you absolutely should follow yeah, jonathan goodman he's, he's good. um so that's like piece of advice number one uh <laughs> but the thing that he says that i absolutely love is if you have more than three priorities you have none yes so yes. um so if you if you wake up one morning and you're like okay I have to do like these ten things mm. then the idea is is that you you really need to pare that down to two or three at the very very most because otherwise you're not going to get any of them done yes and the ones that you do get done will probably it'll probably be a shit job so yeah. um, clarify your priorities on a daily weekly and monthly and long term basis um, that's something that I have struggled with a lot and I'm getting better at it now and and I feel like um, it's a game changer to be able to do that, like from a business point of view. Okay. Um, the other thing I would say is, oh, it was right in my head just then. It was so dumb for That's brain okay. fog. Um, you um, might like, you might like um, Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Oh, probably. Because he says awesome. exactly the same thing that yeah. Jonathan says. You know, he's, he works with corporates and he goes in and says, right, what are the organization's priorities? And they list off 15 things. And he's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> you're like well, that's not a priority yeah. that's just like a list of stuff you want to do exactly exactly yeah um exactly um so i guess the other thing as well is mm. to like just understand that like it's not about you <laughs> if you've gotten into PTing and you've gotten into coaching and maybe you did it because you are a really sporty person and you mm. really love fitness and you really love food but if you're helping other people mm. then it's not about you and letting, letting go of any part of it where you are tied to somebody else's outcome. 
so hard so hard to do i know it's much easier said than done and i say that out loud as somebody who gets very very attached to my clients outcomes yeah very attached but you know um and and sometimes that that trips me up and it will trip you up like Mm -hmm. be prepared Mm -hmm. to make mistakes be prepared to screw everything up and be open to learning from it when you screw something up write that shit down and figure out how it happened like right away be like oh i really messed that up hmm how did that happen how did it happen? What can I learn from it? How can I yeah. go forward and do a better job? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. And and I think, you know, going back to the it's not about you thing, and that's the hardest thing because we we feel like we should embody this certain being, you know, this, this god or goddess who, you know, welcomes you into the gym and, you know, you can have this body. And it's just, that's just not the story, is it? It's, no, it's really it's, not. It's not about that. It's really yeah. not. Oh, yeah. I remembered the thing. Oh, yeah. I remember the thing. Excellent. Yes. When you decide that you're going to try something, you're going to like bring a new product to the market. Mm. You're going to try doing a particular thing on social media. You're going to concentrate on a particular type of client. Yeah. Um, make sure you give it some time. Yeah. Like um, I'm notorious for trying something out. And when it hasn't done everything that I want it to do within three or four weeks, I'm like, well, that was crap. <laughs> and just chuck it out and try something else and yeah. do something else. And I like fly here and there and all over the place. Um, but in reality, like, if I you, sitting down and giving yourself a good three months to really three to six months to really try something out rather than being kind of all over the place with the work that you're doing um, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it's that's the other like the priorities and the sticking with something for a decent period of time choose something yeah. try it and stick with it really give it give it a good nudge before mm-hmm. you move on to mm-hmm. something else yeah that's good that's good brilliant you'll find that your results will surprise you if you actually give them a bit of time to come through <laughs> yeah that's it if you stick with it and you're prioritizing you yeah. just keeps you focused on on moving yeah. forwards with that thing or things yeah. Yeah. yeah so easy to just be like oh shiny thing oh shiny thing yeah. oh, sh- i'm all oh. i'm all about the shiny things like oh. i have to basically put blinkers on myself because i'm just like Whoa, yeah absolutely absolutely well they wouldn't yeah. be working as marketing if you didn't think they were the shiny thing right so know, they're, doing, right. they're doing the right thing <laughs> it's just our job to to keep not keep the blinkers on but certainly not not let the shiny thing distract us. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. choose your thing and stick yes. with it for long enough to actually let the damn thing work yes love it love it <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant and probably a really good note to finish on i think so I um, hope so yeah <laughs> thank you again for your time and it's been um, really fascinating talking and um, getting to know you a bit more so uh thank you i really appreciate it oh you're welcome thank you for having me it was a privilege brilliant all right Thanks. well um catch you later next time yeah Cheers. see you later bye, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button. And I'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too. Cheers for now.